Oi, 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 oi. This is the Alcast episode 9 with your host, Alex Adams. And we're just going to dive right into it today. We're going to break down some fight news um, from the fights that happened in Florida over the last couple weeks. And we're going to talk some upcoming potential fights that are in uh, the old rumor mill and the MMA and boxing communities. And then we're going to finish off the show today with uh, a little bit of football news from the CFL, as well as, a, do we have any from the NFL? Uh, not too much NFL news going on. We're just waiting to see what goes on in preseason, OTAs, training camps, that kind of thing. Not a lot going on there right now. So let's just jump right into it with the damn fights. With them fights. So like I said, we saw quite a bit of action over the Florida from the past few weeks. We did preview shows talking about it, uh, made all kinds of previews, picks, and predictions in previous episodes of the Alcast, talked lots of MMA and fighting, so if you're interested in that type of thing, go check out those episodes. We got about uh, eight backlogged right now, almost in old double digits on the Alcast. What do you know? Coming right along. Uh, a big rumor right now is, of course, if you've been online, you've seen it as, who the heck is John Johnny Bones Jones going to fight next? That guy, the old light heavyweight champ, Mr. Can't Stay Out of Trouble, Mr. DUI, Mr. Uh, arms and Legs, Mr. Powerlifting, Mr. Picograms. What do you know about him, eh? What do you know about John, John Jones? Uh, so the names I was thinking of, the names that he's most likely. Of course, he's thrown out Ngannou. Uh, I've heard thrown out that he's asking for an exorbitant amount of money for that fight, so probably ain't going to happen, but we can all keep our hopes up for that heavyweight scrap. I'm in the camp that he's not got much to do with light heavyweight anymore, uh, other than run it back with Dominic Reyes, of course, uh, which is another potential fight. A lot of people wanting to see that, see Dominic get another chance. Mm-hmm. Jan Blackwitz just coming off an impressive performance, chinning Luke Rockhold as well as chinning several other people on his way to number one contendership. So John versus Jan Blackwitz, but I think we've seen John fight a lot of guys with that kind of typical striking mold. Like there's, I just don't see too many guys with the tools in the belt at light heavyweight to really threaten John right now. Like, he seemed just running through guys, guys changing weight classes and all kinds of stuff because they know it's like, oh, well, it's not going to happen here at light heavyweight, so we'll see if it happens somewhere else. But now even John's, like, getting bored, and that's why I think part of the reason he's seem getting into trouble right now is he's just getting bored, getting into trouble. And, um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him maybe move up to heavyweight, take that big fight with Nganu, and then that would make him the number one contender at heavyweight. And that could uh, persuade DC to stick around for one more fight if he wins that potential fight with Stipe, or he could fight Stipe, even though Stipe says he doesn't want to fight until August or later. I think he said after August. Um, but yeah, there's, there's for sure way more interesting fights at heavyweight for John Jones than there is at light heavyweight at the moment. I mean, 205's really got to... You got to let that talent pool um, congeal and let those guys battle it out for a while until some more contenders arise at 205. 
uh, speaking of, <laughs> another one of the fights we saw in Florida was Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira. Oh, that was one. I'm glad I didn't bet on that one. Jeez, always had a lot of a lot of hope for Lionheart. My uh, my heart goes out to the dude. Just the way the fight went down, you know the story of um the B and E at his house, which was uh, a month before the the fight went down, and um, I'm sure it probably wreaked a little havoc with his training camp and his mindset. Uh, no matter what, I mean, you go through a stressful situation like that, it's not going to be easy. But, oh man, did old, old man Glover, <clears throat> excuse me, old Uncle Glover, he just showed up. He showed up out of nowhere. He looked like he, he turned the clock back a couple times. He just beat that crap out of him for about three or four rounds there and got the TKO eventually. Or did it go all the way? I don't know. If, I think he got TKO'd in the last round. I have to go back and look at it, but anyways, it's either a late stoppage or a decision, but a lot of people are criticizing Lionheart Corner for not stopping it, or the ref not stopping it. Just took a unnecessary punishment. It did seem like after round three, he was mostly covering up and was trying to survive rather than try to win from what I saw, but sheesh, it's a, it's a hard game, and he, just, he absorbed a lot of hard shots early and never got back in the fight. Shout out to old man Glover for getting the dub and proving everyone wrong. Then we saw Overeem beat Walt Harris in another main event. Another guy's heart you got to go out to. Walt Harris is a whole uh, stressful and, well, to say the least, a traumatic situation that happened with his um, stepdaughter. And, you know, it couldn't have been easy for him to get back in there either, but he's got to keep moving forward too. And,. Overeem at uh, 40 years old now, still doing the damn thing. I mean, heavyweights age a little slower than the other weight classes, and they can stick around a bit longer. But, man, I'm surprised Overeem looking so good and uh, still got four more fights that he says he's got left, and then he's going to be all done. But um, hopefully he can make one more run at title shot as well. I'd like to see him get one more crack at a at the old uh, heavyweight strap before he decides to call it a career. Alistair Overeem with the second round TKO. And um, I've been a fan of his since the K1 Max days. I mean, if you want to go down a YouTube rabbit hole tonight, just type in K1 Alistair Overeem and uh, I have a couple hours of um, footage there for you to check out that you can sink your teeth into for a bit. And, of course, you can go through his strike force fights and he's had a couple successful um, belt defeat defenses there, defenses, uh, good fight in dream, good fights in pride back in the day, just, man, no, I don't think, how many more active fighters right now at heavyweight have had as many fights, as much, uh, in-ring experience against quality opposition as Alistair Overeem, I was saying it on Twitter the other day, uh, you can follow me at Swollen Life over there, but, um, I couldn't think of anyone other than Alistair Overeem who's fought as many top contenders and champions and fought for as many belts for as long a time with uh, as much success as Alistair. And, yeah, his four fights left. It'll be interesting to see who they give him on his um on his run-up back to one more title shot. And Walt Harris, where does he go from there? 
as well as uh, Anthony Smith. Maybe those guys should, uh, no, I was going to say they're different weight classes, but I, was, I just always wanted to match the losers up with each other and the winners up with each other from my tournament bracket days. But Anthony Smith, there's a lot of guys at 205 you could fight. I was thinking Corey Anderson, uh, he's coming off a loss as well, or Tiago Santos, uh, those fights would make sense. Uh, Glover kind of has earned himself a top five spot at light heavyweight. So he'll be fighting one of those top guys as well. Um, Walt Harris, uh, probably give him a, a nice jobber here at heavyweight, I think, coming up. So he'll get a dub. I guarantee you Walt Harris gets a dub in his next fight. He deserves it, bro. Just give him a can. Give him buddy off the street and fight for a sandwich. Give Walt Harris a goddamn win. Um, <laughs> that's all I gotta say about that we saw um, Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz in the uh, co-main event of the Gaethje Ferguson card um, controversial stoppage uh, we all know about what Cruz said about the ref and the smelling like beer and darts after the fight what can you do Keith Peterson out on the rip uh <laughs> Cejudo uh, was okay with it, obviously. He got a bad cut going in, so I'm not surprised he was okay with it. That thing could have got opened up worse. Cruz could have survived. I don't know what to say more about that fight. I could see, like, an argument for the TKO, but I'm a Dominic Cruz fan. I'm a little biased, so I'm going to say I wanted to see it go longer, and I wanted to see um, what what strategy Cruz had for the final rounds. Like he, he even said in an interview, he always does better in the second half of fights. He's a marathon runner. He's not a sprinter. And the longer that guy sticks around and fight, I'm never going to um, second-guess Dominic Cruz, man. I think he could have still came out and won that fight. Um, Cejudo looked like he was in control, but hey, man, any, it's just... MMA, anything can happen. You move out to an angle, a guy zigged when he should have zagged, and Cejudo gets caught with a head kick, but instead he ends up winning and retiring in the ring, so maybe no one will get a chance, even though his manager is already leaking out that uh, he'll take one more fight later on in the summer, so who knows, maybe he's getting the payday that he's looking for and the opponent that he's looking for. Uh, I know there's a couple of guys he still talked about that he was interested in getting matched with, but you know he's only going to come back for the payday. But he was a dominant champ, man. I give the, I give the King of Cringe some credit. That um, I'll say that ten times fast. King of Cringe some credit. King of Cringe some credit. But I do. I, I give him credit because of his just uh, competitive nature. Obviously, uh, state wrestling champ, Olympic gold medal uh, wrestling champ. Now, MMA champ. Well, in a couple different weight classes. Henry Cejudo, man. Uh, it'll be interesting. I want to see like a 30 for 30 on something. On him someday. And another fight was the. Um, they call it the main event of the prelims. So it was Pettis versus Cowboy. Uh, throwback to the WEC days. And Anthony Pettis. Uh, squeaked out the decision. A lot of people said it was close. A lot of people leaned towards Cowboy. Uh, I thought it was a pretty back-and-forth 50-50 fight with both guys having their moments, but I was honestly leaning a bit towards Cowboy myself, but I'm not going to be too mad at Pettis getting the decision. I'm a fan of that guy as well. Uh, I think this was a great fight. Both guys' styles matched up well, fan-friendly. 
and uh be interesting to see who they give these two vets next i think uh cowboy's kind of on the tail end of his career now here um i don't hear about too many people talking about t making a run at another title i think you just give that guy maybe a couple more entertaining payday matchups uh, still guys can come in and make a name off of him uh, i don't want to say he's got stepping stone status now but you know kind of does there at welterweight at the moment um, um yeah i'm not a cowboy hater but I don't want to go too deep in on him there, but uh, Anthony Pettis at welterweight. Oh, yeah, Dan Hardy's actually came out and said that he wants to fight either of these guys. So that's what I say. They should both just take turns fighting Dan Hardy next. That'll be an interesting fight. Fellow MMA vet coming out of retirement for one last couple scraps with some other vets. They should just have a MMA, like, seniors division, I think. Like, guys 35-plus all fight each other and have their own belts and rankings. Stay away from those young gunners. And then we saw the Gadea, um, Angela Overkill Hill fight on the undercard as well. Good women's scrap, pretty back and forth. Controversial decision as uh, Angie Overkill took over in the later ha latter half of the fight. And uh, they still word Gadea the decision. That was a bad one. Um, Angela overkills on a six fight winning streak as she said on Twitter and I think is the general consensus among the fans and of course as is her nature she's already petitioning for another fight on Fight Island and I really hope they match her up with another top five girl because um, I don't see G'day out there petitioning for a fight and she doesn't want any more smoke with Angela Hill I think she's uh, she knows she's very lucky to get out of there with the decision win um, we just saw another main event announced for, I believe, UFC 250. Um, I have to go check on the, the date of this matchup, what card they're putting it on, but it has been confirmed that Tyron Woodley's fighting Gilbert Burns uh, in the main event over there. Just, I thought it was interesting because initially Woodley was slated to fight Leon Edwards um, overseas. Obviously, that couldn't happen with the travel restrictions, but then he talked about fighting all kinds of people at 170. He was calling out everyone there. It was kind of uh, uncharacteristic for Woodley to be call calling out as many people or putting as many people in his names, but um, I think he realized he's got to uh, get out there more, get himself out there and put himself in the conversation more because MMA is, <laughs> you know... It's very fickle business. It's like one day they love you, the next day they don't. Um, fans in MMA have a very quick memory. If you, you're on top of the world until you lose a fight, especially if you lose a fight in a bad way, they'll turn on you quick. And Woodley, after suffering that loss to Usman in his last fight, has been looking for a win for a long time now. And I think he's just glad to get back in there against anyone at this point, even if it's Gilbert Burns. A guy who's coming off on a good little win streak here at 170. His last one, very good little uh, TKO, I believe, of Damian Maya. But I was kind of expecting a bigger name. I, I thought Woodley wouldn't get in there against him. I thought he was going to pick, call out um, Covington or uh, some other big name at 170. Seemed to hold my interest more. I hope he calls out Covington or he calls him Queefington. That's one of the big fights I want to see right now. It's top five fight I need to see made out of any weight class. 
Um, another in the rumor mill. Of course, Connor's always in the rumor mill, always putting himself in the who to fight rumor mill in both boxing and MMA. And there's all kinds of interesting matchups for him in either sport. Uh, I personally want to see him fight Masvidal, the BMF, at welterweight. I think uh, he likes fighting at welterweight. He's not mad at 170. Um, he looks pretty good there against Nate anyways. I haven't get to see him fight too many different sized 170s or different styles yet. But uh, Cowboy, I suppose. It's not a big sample group. But yeah, I want to see him fight Masvidal. Uh, I don't want to see him go back to boxing anytime soon. I'd like to see him take three or three to five uh, more MMA fights, but I don't know if we'll get that ever with Connor with how much money he's making. Um, I do critique the guy every now and then on Twitter, and it's just I just want him to fight, bro. It's just like I got lots of uh, good things to say about the guy as well. I just don't like how he's always interjecting his name into everything and about every single main event that uh, happens and. He just, he talks too much. He's got to get in there and fight. Uh, stop talking so much crap. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Gaethje Ferguson main event. Also that. Ferguson got stopped in the last round. Congrats, Justin Gaethje. Um, Gaethje's probably up there to fight Connor as well. Or Habib if... Uh, that all goes well. I know they got the same management, but I'm sure they can get that deal done. And that'll be a couple of interesting matchups to make it lightweight in the top of the lightweight division. It's absolutely stacked. And I know for a long time I used to say the UFC's welterweight division was kind of their uh, deepest, most stacked, talent-rich division. But nowadays I'm thinking it's lightweight. And Clarissa Shields is uh, Rupert rumoring a move to MMA on um, Twitter online as well. She said in interviews she's been interested in it. and she, She'd like uh, I don't know if she could jump right to the UFC, though. I think they should build her up. Uh, you know, her boxing is obviously on point, and she hits hard, and she's got the good uh, mentality for it. But I think, yeah, she's a long ways away from Amanda Nunes or Valentina Shevchenko or... So, like, one of the top MMA champions. She's got to be careful with how she comes at I'd I'd like to see them go into her world as well. See how some um, women's MMA champs do at boxing. Uh, I don't know who they should match Clarissa Shields up with. But, anyways, it's an interesting story if it does happen. Um, It's a shame that they're not paying them well enough in boxing to just stay over there, giving them enough matchups. I know... Uh, divisions in women's boxing aren't the deepest at all, but you think with a name like uh, Clarissa Shields, when you're the biggest name in it, you stay in it as the champion, and I believe she's undefeated, and she could just keep making a name over there, just become like the women's Floyd Mayweather, if she's not already considered that. Uh, I don't know what her um, reputation is in that sport as much. She's not, I know, talked about it in a lot of the big boxing circles a lot of the times, um, mentioned, but obviously uh, there's still work there to be done for her. And the uh, little bit of football news I talked about was just I saw after I, I reported early, on an earlier podcast that this I thought I saw an article where the CFL was folding and uh, going out of business, but I saw another article today saying it's 
of the uh, commissioner announcing that he'll uh, he's planning on coming back in September. So push back schedule, but um, with less fans, of course, and probably some other rules in play. But it's good to see that the CFL will be coming back in Canada, get some Canadian football. But I don't know about the timing. If it's in September, it means they're trying to compete with the NFL. And that's never gone well in the past for anyone. We saw smartly the XFL decided not to do that. I think that's the better idea. But what can you do? You, know, you just uh, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That's what I always say. And I um, hope the CFL comes back with a vengeance and we get the NFL at the same time. And I'll try and watch a little bit of both. Um, I didn't as much last year, but we do got a good local t- uh, team here in Ottawa, the Red Blacks. And Stampeders fan as well, before we had the Red Blacks, so I cheered for the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, it's good to follow the sport, support the sport, support local um, football, and um, just a football fan in general. So usually by the time football season runs around, I can't get enough of that content anyway. So I'm looking around at all the highlights. I'm watching a little bit of everything, predominantly NFL, Baltimore Ravens football. You know the deal. Ravens flocked, flock gang. Uh, AFC North, what what up? Y'all stank. Steelers, Browns, Bengals, y'all bad. What up? You don't want the smoke. You don't want to come to the pod. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't watch as much college ball anymore. I, I used to catch the highlights on ESPN in the morning of the big college games that would go on, but that's about it. And uh, CFL was pretty similar. I'd watch the occasional uh, quarter to half game here and there, have a couple of drinks. Um, but I wouldn't say I was a huge CFL uh, fan or fan of any of the franchises in particular. I'm just a, a local sports fan, so I'm, I'm always going to cheer for the home team. Um, well, like I said, when I did follow it a bit closer, I was a Calgary Stampeders fan initially back in the day because I had an uncle that lived out there and I got into watching them. And when the Red Blacks did come back, you know, Ottawa Red Blacks, um, I became a fan of them again. And then a couple of years later, they won a couple of great cups and they're doing good as a franchise and proud Ottawa sports fan. I just don't cheer for the Sens. F the Sens, bro. I don't watch hockey, bro. What can you do? Don't come at me. <laughs> I'm the only Canadian you know who don't watch hockey. That's why you're only going to generally hear about football and fighting and maybe a little basketball and other randomness, but football and fighting mostly. I really could change this name from the Alcast to the Football and Fighting Podcast. <laughs> it's maybe not a half bad idea. You guys comment or let me know if you think I should change it to Football and Fighting. I could get, maybe get a, a few more clicks that way, a few more subscribers, all that good stuff. But um, as always, you know, keep those wheel kicks pumping, keep that jab pumping, six-foot perimeter out there on the sidewalks. Uh, tell Karen to put her mask on. Um, just watch out for people, man. People are on edge nowadays. And um, got to be kind to each other. And just, you know, everyone's going through it, bro. Everyone's going through it. Well, we're all in this together at the end of the day. Um, this has been Alcast. Uh, you can find it on all platforms. Please uh, rate this podcast and give it a review if you can. In general, it helps and lets me know you're listening, what you want to hear in the future. 
um, any critiques or advice or just yeah any kind of feedback bro i'd appreciate it uh, this is the alcast peace